Biatch. What no baby? You look good now you carry. Long time I watch you, I want chat to you. I go like you don't want chat to me. So what I'm doing? Tell him what the fuck I go on now. Creeping down the back street on D's. I got my Glock cock 'cause niggas won't please. No soon as I said it, seems I got sweated by some nigga with a Tech 9 trying to take mine. You wanna make noise? Make noise. I make a phone call. My niggas coming like the Gotti boys. Bodies being found on Greenleaf with the fucking hands cut off. Motherfucker, I'm straight. Listen to the play by play, day by day. Rolling in my phone with the 16. points for the snitches we are back this is episode 187 of the speed metal cycling podcast see what i did there 187 dr dre get it booyah hollow points for the snitches we are the least professional least knowledgeable and least informed podcast ever we are at speedmetalcycling.com and we are actually so unprofessional and so least professional and so least knowledgeable that um, I messed up something today and I sent a message to CD and Natalia and I made it sound like we were in recording tonight, even though we are. So CD went on to do other things, I'm sure way better than recording with us. I'm pretty sure he's playing basketball. He's probably playing basketball. Yes, you're right. Um, and we're just left the two of us here, Natalia. So it's just you and I. How are you doing, Natalia? You I'm me? doing good. good. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> there, you oh, go. there you go. I'm sorry. How are you doing, Chewbacca? Um, so, well, we have obviously Flanders to talk about, uh, men's and women's, and then the Shelter Price thing, the, and the, the train thing, I guess. Not really much controversy there as far as I'm concerned. We can talk about it a little bit, but I don't think I, – I have a feeling. I have a feeling that this is going to be a rather short episode. That's, that's what I'm feeling. No promises, no. Yeah, oh, <laughs> definitely no promises. It feels kind of weird when right now as we're recording it, I'm thinking this is probably going to be short. But then I'm thinking the people that are listening already know how long it is. So they know something that I don't because they're in the future. And I feel like it's like a weird time machine. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Something else I was thinking about was there's a, when I used to live in Brooklyn, there was a, like a construction company, like a, not a construction, but like handy guys or whatever, you know, like handyman company or whatever. It was called the, the Gotti boys. And, um, and that, Dr. Dre song, he just says, my boys are coming like the Gotti boys or whatever. So they're coming to like fix your refrigerator or your squeaky door. I just thought about that. Anyway, thoughts all over the place as per so usual. Oh, you're, you are learning so We're much. We're being educated. Educated. Just oh. by listening to this. Please. People, exactly. I mean, actually, people that have been listening for a long time should write in and then I'll send them uh, a certificate of, of knowledge. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> some sort of degree after listening to all this crap you deserve something after all this and we um, think highly of ourselves i'm just going to say that uh the people <laughs> make me feel highly at least of myself with all the everywhere i go people are like man you're awesome you're great How do you and i have it? to i have to say i mean it has to be a really dedicated fan the one that goes to flanders and the only thing that he can think of yelling when the women's peloton is passing by is the Scott Crusher rolls. Like, come on. I, I'm going to tell you something. That's that's all I think about screaming whenever somebody, like I'm on a highway and somebody passes me or I pass somebody. I just look at the car and I yell the same thing. So it must be a thing. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've been promised that during Paris-Roubaix, the same thing will happen. Oh my gosh! So, are, are we going to do like a collector type a of thing? Of, uh, people yelling "Scottcaster rules" as the peloton rolls by. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you should follow us on Instagram at yeah. Metal Cycle. And you know what there. I really hoping happens in Paris Rueto? What? That Julio Iglesias shows up again. <laughs> <laughs> that was so cool. <laughs> out of all the people that you could blow up and make a huge poster out of, why would you choose Julio Iglesias? That was, was my so, first thought. 
At first, I was like, why would you pick Julio Iglesias? And I was like, wait a second. Because it's brilliant. Because he's the perfect person to pick. Because he's fucking awesome. Either that or like uh, Rupert Holmes or uh, what's that other guy? He's not unusual to be loved by Tom Jones? Tom Jones. That would be good to do a huge Tom Jones face. Yeah. Yeah, but Julio Iglesias did it for me. And, yeah. and I have to thank the people from the Rafa race radio. I don't know. Rafa is doing this thing now and they actually got, got it on their video because of course, I mean, the television is not going to show the poster of some random tan dude. Yeah. Out there, but no, the Rafa people kind of like zoom into it. It's like, wait a second. Did I just see Julio Iglesias? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Some very old photo of Julio Iglesias too. That's like from the eighties. He does not look like that anymore. And you want to hear something else about Julio Iglesias that is crazy? So my mom was obsessed with him. Of course, everybody's mom was obsessed with Julio Iglesias. So for some, she was in a place in Cartagena, I think, and he was there, whatever. My mom came back from Cartagena like, nope, Julio Iglesias sucks. Not my man, whatever. He's too short and his feet are ugly, is what my mom said. So she was wow. done. Okay. He and his feet were ugly. Yeah, I he wonder... If because my mom and my aunts also, all of them had this fascination with Julio Iglesias. I wonder if because of that, I have this kind of sort of fascination too with Fletcher. Oh, you know, I don't know oh, if it kind of <laughs> my Julio Iglesias is going to like Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely my mom. I remember the LPs in my house were divided. It was like the 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 big turntable stereo thing was in the middle and then on from there to the speaker on the right were my mom's records and from there to the speaker on the left was my dad's record so my dad was mostly like um engine sounds from like uh steam engines and stuff like locomotives and train sounds johnny cash classical music and some german like umpa crap and then on my mom's side there was a few like merengue and salsa compilations and then a shit ton of Julio Iglesias records. Oh, and Jose Jose and Jose Luis Jose Perales, Perales. Yeah, Jose Roberto Luis Carlos, Paloma San Basilio. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically that, you know, what now they call nowadays in Latin America, they call it Musica para planchar. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. Music oh, no, to like, iron your clothes to, you know, like what old ladies used to listen to or whatever. You know, the, the, the thing got so imprinted in my brain that I remember that the song that they used to love was Candilejas. That was the title of the song. And mm. I actually went and looked at, looked for it after seeing the poster in that little video. And I just like listened to it and it took me back like 10 years <laughs> to my house in Bogota. While, yeah, it was like, Wow. It is insane um, how just listening to music that you have not listened to in the past, I don't know, decades, you yeah. put it back and then all of a sudden your brain is the kind brain of is like right there. Remembers. What a trip. They say that smell, the sense of smell is the closest one connected to your memory, but um, but uh, I, I sometimes think that it's it's actually the the sound it, it must be because like there's some songs that like if i haven't heard them in a long time and i hear them and i don't even recognize who it is it just takes me back even if i don't know exactly where it's taking me back to i don't know if that makes any sense but yeah yeah no all of a sudden i was like eight years old again <laughs> listening to <laughs> candilejas maybe i'll play a little bit later when you know, just to sound the alarm at the 30 minutes so brace yourself oh, you 30 minutes you is candilejas coming in <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh what was that jose luis rodriguez el puma song that uh uh is it dueño de nada Oof, on, that sounds see. like a title that is completely possible i don't yeah. know is, <laughs> is that can you hear this i'm playing the song right now but i don't know if you can hear it no can you barely hear barely barely Mm. Ahora no. sí, ahora sí. Yeah. Oh. 
Hold on, let me see. Ti, dueño de qué? Dueño de nada. Un arlequín. And I'm picturing all my aunts like singing this thing together. Oh man, this is beautiful. <laughs> okay, so I should translate for to English so people can understand why this oh, is so way. hilarious. So the guy is pretty much singing owner of you, owner of what, owner of nothing. So yeah. Yeah. It's basically he's saying that he's he's absolutely useless because she doesn't, yeah, she hates him. She thinks he's absolutely nothing. Oh, man, it's pretty And this podcast started strong today. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. I mean, that song is probably as old as we are. Yeah. Probably. I'm guessing okay, this okay. Is, yeah, probably came out in the late 70s or early 80s. Um, but I'm also single today. I'm, nobody's at home. So I can sing and scream all I want. Nice. So, yeah. My wife Enjoy is your in, freedom, man. Yeah. My wife's in Boston at some conference. She's a keynote speaker for some some conference. Man, she's so important. She it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. You know, to me, like she's just my wife. What the hell do I care? And then she like gets into her little world and it's crazy. But at the same time, I mean not to, you know, toot my own horn, but my wife is out of town. Oh, that's a really good joke there because she is out of town right now. And if you didn't get it, think about it and then you'll get it. I was going to say, <laughs> I really don't mean to toot my own horn, but you know, sometimes when like we're out and about for whatever reason, somebody recognizes me either from the podcast or from like my graffiti, you know, whatever. She's always like, Oh my God, it's so weird that I'm like married to this guy who's famous. And I'm like, yeah, what are you going to do? She's lucky. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, she oh, yeah. is lucky. She's very not ready. everybody gets to have its nickname yelled at Tour de Flanders. At the tour, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> however, however, she does remind me very often that in the last four, three or four years, the episode that has been downloaded the most of the podcast is the one where she was a guest. So, yeah, I remember when she was explaining the rainbow. The curse. rainbow. Curse. Yeah, and actually I, I wanted to do like a, a rebuttal of some of the things that that paper claims, mm -hmm. but I was like, ah, there's no time. Ah, plus, <laughs> I mean, this guy that did it, he's like super, like, you know, a real smart guy, like for real. And he just did it as kind of like as a side project thing or whatever. And it just happened to have gotten published. So I'm sure if you're like, hey, dude, well, this and this and this, they got to be like, Yeah, bro, it took me 10 minutes to do that, right? I just did it as a joke, leave me alone. <laughs> but it was still interesting. So. But then you go, yeah, like sometimes then the newspapers get that and then say, okay, science just proved. It's like, no, 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 like, come on. It's <laughs> 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 like, no, no, it was a joke. But yeah, it was, these days, yeah. you have to be careful it, with that. It was just, it was, a, it was a quick thing he did, like, super, super quickly. But hold on, actually, I think that I, I'm going to see if I can what the name of that episode was. Less, uh, less. Oh, it was called uh, uh, Regression to the Mean. Regression or, to the Mean, yeah. Which means it was episode, let me see. Like two years ago, probably. Okay, while you do that, I'm just going to play some candilejas and get it out of the oh, way. Do it, do it, do it. Do you think <laughs> you think that anybody, you think that anybody 
decided to download this episode or listen to this episode and thought, I'm going to listen to some Julio Iglesias. I feel like Julio Iglesias right now. Oh, my God. Boy, they got Julio Iglesias. They got Jose they got Luis Jose Perales. Luis. No, I no, mean, we, got, no. you thought it was going to be a short episode, dude. Natalia, like. <laughs> Natalia your mother would kill you. I did not sing Jose Luis Perales. That was that was Jose Luis Rodriguez, El Puma. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my my mistake. El Puma, El Puma. No, that's, that's, yeah, my bad, my bad. Yes, that's really bad. My mom is not going to be proud. And my aunts oh, are going to be like, how my... can you mix your Jose Luis Perales with the Puma? No, no, no. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, okay, yeah, so the episode was Regression to the Mean, December 24th, 2015. Um episode number actually i don't know what episode number because i'm on the archive here that i didn't have put the numbers on there yet but um and it's been listened to six times this week wow go figure there you go isn't that weird? that is actually an educational episode like no, probably for yeah, yeah for real for real yeah yeah definitely definitely man it's weird like i'm going back to like the episode called ira glass september 18 2014 Nine people listened to it this week. Why do people listen to the old episodes? Isn't that weird? Well, who knows? I mean, I'm glad. Of course I'm glad, but I mean... Like, Keep doing it, people! <laughs> like, episode 182, it was just you, me, and Klaus. It was called All Colombia All the Time. People listened to it 345 times this week, and that was from February 12th. What? Because it's just what, I mean... Has Colombia on it, of course. That is a magnet for downloads. Oh yeah, it must be. <laughs> Except the one after that, we can we make sandwiches. Two thousand one hundred and thirty-two downloads in the last week, and that was March fifteenth. So that was like people know. are catching up. People are catching up, so we appreciate yeah. your oh, no, downloads. We, keep yeah. keep doing it. Yeah, keep listening. We hope that you know it. And you know yeah. Know. You know that more, more, more than half of that is people just download it and then just throw it away. They're like, "Oh shit, I downloaded the wrong thing." <laughs> it counts. I don't care. It counts. I guess it counts. It counts for, to make us feel better because at the end of the day, it's not like we're making shit money out of this. Speaking of making money, though, we appreciate everybody who gives us money on Patreon, money on Patreon, and if you want to be helping us out and not being just a chump there listening for free, like NPR then please give us money. But you know what's interesting, though, is that uh, the local NPR station right now is going through the thing. So I downloaded a bunch of podcasts because I don't want to listen to them ask for money. <laughs> yeah, they uh, are doing the campaigning uh, now. Like, are they doing can, it? Can, uh, I mean, I understand. But, NPR but. and APR and all the public radio. Yeah. Um, okay, so do you want to talk about Flanders? Let's talk about women's Flanders first because I actually okay. thought that it was a little bit of a better race. Um, it was really? I mean, I, listen. I, I, think, I, I, think, I think I have a bias. It's because when I see the juggernaut of balls, balls dolmans. Yeah, I thought about that too. Yeah, no, rising and dominating and choking and controlling the race. It's kind of like, oh, man, come on. It's like flashbacks <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to a time where they were winning everything and nobody could do anything for them. But, I mean, if you... Just remove that bias. It was awesome how they raced. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like a, it wow. was a good race. There was a lot of back and forth. And um, but did you see that crash with like sixty k to go? The one that held back a bunch of people and took them a while to get back. It split the peloton into two. It was it was a big crash. I mean, a lot of people crashed pretty badly. Yeah. There was that girl from uh, FDJ that hit the. She was like, so I was just paying attention to Corinne Rivera when 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 she crashed. I just, and they, mm -hmm. every replay, they, I kept just looking at her to see how bad she had, you know, hurt herself yeah. or whatever. And then they showed her standing up and I was like, oh, she's okay. So the next time they showed it, I saw it when this girl loses control of her bike and then hits the wall. And if you can imagine, if you didn't see it, it, this is, it I hope that she's okay. And I think she is, but imagine a wall and then there's a gap that is maybe, I don't know, maybe five, six inches, let's say. Right. So that's like, I don't know. Uh, 15 centimeters, something like that. She hits the wall with her shoulder and her head goes right between, basically her face goes right between the wall and the post. It looks so gnarly. Oh, it is so disturbing. But I haven't heard anything about serious injuries, so I hope that she's okay. But that just, wow. 
I that think rough. I think she's okay. I don't remember the name. And also Chloe Hosking was another one that was affected, kind of bad, but she she was fine. She was fine. Oh, you know the the, the hero story out of that crash is no. that magical eyelashes, anemic. Anemic. She yeah. crashed and she dislocated her shoulder. And so how somehow the shoulder got like back in. It got popped back in. Oh, like something. And then she went and finished the race on the podium. Can you imagine that? And she said like in the interview, not in the inter- interviews, but later in, in Twitter, it's like, yeah, it was kind of hard to sprint without my shoulder actually like functioning at all. I was like, what? Man, <laughs> I'm going to change her name from magical. I'm going to change her name from magical eyelashes to lethal weapon. Like, yeah. like, like Mel Gibson does that lethal weapon. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's She's crazy. lethal weapon Van Bloyden. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> ufa, ufa, ufa. Um, so wait, hold on. Let me see my, my notes here. It says, oh yeah, Balls Dolman, speaking of the juggernaut of the team that used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, in the men's race, no team used um, disc brakes. In the women's, both stolen. Every every girl was on. And Canyon SRAM, I think. Oh, did they too? They were using these breaks. I think they were the first in this season to use them. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not sure if Paul Dolzman also did. But I remember the first races they did, Canyon SRAM was using these breaks. I think both Dolzman's too. Because they are on specialized, right? And specialized is like pushing specialized. the disc breaks yeah, yeah, really yeah. hard. So. Yeah. I just thought it interesting that nobody in the guys' peloton did it. And then at, at the very oh. least, I know that both Dolman for sure. I, I, I saw that for sure. But I thought yeah. that, um, yeah, yeah. you know. No, I think the, the, the women are moving forward with that faster than the guys. I don't know if it's, if it's allowed in World Tour races though for the guys. I don't no, know. I think so, yeah. No, I think that that oh, was okay. a new rule for this okay. year. Is that you're allowed to do it whenever you want. But I think in the league, oh, okay. a way to like – get the neutral service thing dealt with uh, or, you know, figured out. I don't know. But if you see our, our picks for, for the women's um, race. See, he got it, no? See, he got it. Well, he got, no, he, he, got, got he got nothing. He got, he had Corinne Rivera. But he changed it. He I have it he here. It's crossed and says Anna van der Breggen. When did he change it? Remember that after everyone was doing picks, going back and forth, I was kind of trying to convince you guys to get out of Corinne Rivera because you, you both were picking her. Yeah. So I was like throwing bad bloating, I'm on the break in and didn't mm. he do that? We have to ask him. When he like next no, time we'll ask him. I, I, he emailed like, Oh, isn't it crazy that uh I got the pick I right. See, sometimes I don't know if he's serious I, I think he or was just like fucking no. around. Yeah, no, no, no. I think <laughs> I, I just have CD as Corinne Rivera, and okay. I had her as well. And then after that crash, I just she just was in the back of the peloton the whole time. First, she was in a in a, in a chase group. Then the, the chase group caught up, and then she was mm-hmm. just in the back of the peloton the whole time. Then I saw her working up front again. And I thought it was like, all right. It was like, I don't know, maybe 40K to go or so. And I was like, yeah, do it, do it, do it. And then she just faded again. And she just disappeared. So anyway, Anna Van der Breggen won, um, of course. And she she started celebrating like, seriously, like 250 meters from the <laughs> from the line. She was already celebrating. It was good. I, 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 I know what you mean. I have my reservations about big the, like teams like that when they dominate in that, especially the way that they used to. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought, I thought it was good. I mean, she, she deserved it. She was definitely strong. She kept them. Oh in, yeah. No, it was. Yeah. Since the attack and, and winning solo in a race like that is pretty badass. I think that that's pretty cool. And it's really, no, really it cool. is. I mean, I don't think that she, because she was kind of surprised at the end that she was able to actually get away. She wasn't expecting that. But it is one of these things. They, I think a lot of them hesitated when she went and they thought that was too far away. She's going to, you know, like, we, we, we'll get her. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> sure. Last. Yeah, did you forget who she is? It's like, it's that Yankee people. Sounds familiar and, and to she, you. <laughs> she, won, she won again today as well in that. Uh, yeah, in the, the healthy, healthy aging tour. Healthy aging tour. These people aging name tour. these races. Oh, God. Yeah, she but it's an awesome race. That. I mean, the name, whatever, but that race is super cool because the coverage they provide is is awesome and it's not even a world tour race. You know, like that's the 
And they have been providing live TV coverage since forever. So oh, it's really? quite remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, it is cool. But then for, hold on. And then, oh, yeah. And so for Flanders, uh, she beat um, Amy Peters. And then Van Vleuten, like we said, came in third with a dislocated shoulder. So it was an for a second touch. there. For a second there, I really thought that, oh, my gosh, I were going to have a one, two, three from both. From Baldwin, I thought that too. <laughs> they were in every freaking chase group. And they were blocking. And, oh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm annoyed because I usually don't root for the dominant team so it i don't like when they are winning but it was perfect you know like when they were just in the front blocking attempts to increase the pace or yeah. you know, like making sure that nobody went away that was like oh come on i mean very easily have gotten the one two three if chantal black would have just sprinted a little bit better i mean then they would have been because she ended up fifth anyway in the sprint and if you look at it it was close enough i mean it, it wouldn't have been difficult for them to. But they definitely settled the open account they had from last year when they kind of blew it. Yeah. That because in that I remember last year when when Rivera won it, Van der Breggen was in a breakaway I think with Elisa Longo Orgini and I don't remember who else. I don't want to say Kasia ni Wadoma, but so it was Longo Orgini, Anna Van der Breggen, and somebody else. And then Anna was uh, directed to stop working for the breakaway so the group could catch them because they were going to set up the sprint for Chantal Black. Mm-hmm. And at the end, they they just got third, I think, because it was Cory, it was Rivera, then number two was Gracie Elvin, Gracie. and then the third one, I think it was Chantal. Yep. So it was like everyone was, why did you blew it? You know, like you had it and you blew it. So it was, I think they were just, you know, like, okay, we have to make this straight. I would, this is how it's done. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, something else that I thought was interesting was, um, you know, the, the 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 thing that the broadcast that Eurosport had has no uh, commentary, like I was saying. So, at the beginning, when they're showing like the before the race started, and they show like the girls like signing in and all that stuff, and they introduce a couple of the girls. When they introduce Arleni Sierra, the Cuban girl who races for Astana. It sounded like there was a huge, like, crowd, like, yeah. Is she a big deal? Is she, like, well, famous? The, the thing is, like, she has been gaining popularity because I think uh, a magazine from the Netherlands or somewhere, I don't know, they did an interview with her kind of telling the story of where she's coming from. And you can imagine, she's coming from Cuba. This is the type of stories that are super common in South America when your family is not one of the rich families, but you are more on the poor kind of side. So you have tiny house where you have, I don't know, two families living uh, in two rooms, you know, like very, very humble conditions and stuff. So, of course, it's one of those inspiring histories that have been, yeah, yeah. has been making the rounds. Plus, she has talent. I mean, it's, oh, not, she obviously does. it's not for nothing that she has accomplishing things and she used to be good also in the track so i'm guessing it's one of those nice pick me up stories yeah, that yeah. it's kind of nice to see so as she also looks that's, she that's cool. looks kind of like i just want to hug her because she's kind of little and like i just want to yeah hug her. She's and, but like she's super nice shy smiley face. She's, yeah i could totally I, yeah I could, she's I could, very yeah. shy and she's always kind of the on the defensive i cannot imagine what the adjustment was for her to move out of Cuba and start training and living in Italy because I think she just did that uh, to prepare for the season. Mm-hmm. Oof, that must be. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, she probably she probably yeah. misses the cigars though. Hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she did really well. And the mojitos. In, yeah, she did really well in Genvergam and yeah. in the Ronde Vandrente and stuff. Like she's pretty good. I just wish she was in a better team. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we have to wait and, and yeah, see. Yeah, Astana yeah. is not that bad, though. Yeah. I mean, she's... They have a Colombian, too. They have a Colombian, too. That is... I'm guessing that they are going to use her when the stage racing uh, yeah. starts. Liliana Moreno. Because she's super skinny and tiny, so she's not made for 
the classics. This kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think that she will survive the freaking I, calls and stuff. Many things happen throughout a day that make me feel old. People say things. I look at myself in the mirror. My knees hurt, whatever. But I just looked at Arleni Sierra's <laughs> date of birth and I was like, oh my God. She was born the year that I graduated high school. That is so sad. I am so fucking old. Oh, I am so goddamn old. Anyway, um, right behind one of, you. One of the things. <laughs> one of the things with the, the thing is that you're never gonna catch up, though. You're gonna be right behind me. I'm gonna bit. try, though. I'm gonna try, like they did after they hesitated when when Barden Bregan yeah. took off. <laughs> one of the things that kind of bugged me, though after Van der Breggen went, it's the same thing that bugged me with the men's race. And it's something that, in, from my perspective, it seems to me like it's been happening more and more in the last, let's say, five years than before. When Van der Breggen went, after a while, everybody in the chasing group were just looking at each other and nobody did shit to try to get her back. It was a half-assed chase. Van Vleuten had a little bit of a go. But that's... It and yeah, yeah then Ashley, Ashley Mulman actually tried. Yeah, like, at, at some point there was like one girl between the the chase group, like in the in nobody's land. Mm-hmm. That was Ashley Mulman. But the, here is something that I have to ask you, and because you have been watching cycling way longer than I am, mm-hmm. you think that riders like think a lot about when like these moves happens? Because what I was thinking, what if? they were sitting there and they are just thinking that maybe they have good teammates in the group that is not far behind. So maybe if they come back, we'll, we can all work you know, like together yeah, and yeah. maybe have a better chance to chase it. The problem with that strategy is that, yeah, with your teammates are coming another gazillion of bold dolsmans that are not going to help you try. So it's one of those. You better go with her. You know. Honestly, I think that that's, you know, I'm super anti-race radios. I'm not race radios, but, you know, team radios. And that's one of the reasons why. Because if you are in team, let's say you're in quick step, right, in the in the chasing group, should I go for it? The, the DS tells you, no, 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 don't go for it. Because in the in the group behind you, there's two more teammates. As soon as they make contact, then we have three people in that, in that thing. So then all the other DSs are like, guys, push hard because we don't want the second group to catch up with you guys because there's two quick step guys coming so then these guys are pushing these guys are not pushing me it's just it's ridiculous it would be much better if they were like i wonder who's coming back i wonder where my teammates are trying to figure a lot in their heads and then it just becomes better racing in general period and the whole idea of safety of course is the biggest load of shit Everybody has an earpiece and everybody hears the exact the exact same information. information. Yeah, I agree exactly. with you. And by the way, uh, I was listening to the to the Vox Women podcast. Mm-hmm. So this is the podcast that I listen now to catch up with women's cycling if I miss a race or if I want to know what's going on. It used to be the one uh, Sarah Connolly did, mm-hmm. but she retired last at the end of last season. She said like that Mike. she was done. And I understand. I mean, she she got tired. Just like Mike, I'm going to retire. Is that what she said? Yeah. But the thing is, like, she got tired of, you know, like, providing coverage for everybody and getting nothing nothing for it. it. So she was like, okay. Tell me about it. (laughs) I think this was the point where she was, I mean, she should have been getting something out of that. She knew the freaking women cycling inside out and still, you know, like, it was just not making it. So I totally agreed and understood why she decides like, you know what? I'm just going to be a fan again. I'm like done providing these things for you people. So that was good. But I was listening to podcasts and they actually had an interview with a uh, Kasia Niwadoma and the person that interviewed her was saying that she was very frustrated. And she said that she actually made a mistake because she hesitated when Anna went instead of just, you know, like going, going with it. her. So yeah, 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 that she hesitated and she was like, it's not going to happen to me again. That's it. So, See, but that's just the thing, though, that I think that yeah. nowadays there's there's a few writers out there that don't that don't follow that idea of just like oh here goes the person the first thing my first reaction instead of going after them is looking around to see who's in the group who should I should I chase after him who should I not chase when you're chasing just go for it like I said Van Vloyten tried to do it and in the men's 
Sagan was the only person in the chase group that tried. Everybody else yeah. just sitting around, like just looking at each other. And then he like, bitched oh, about it, right? Yeah. I mean, and I've said this before. <laughs> Peter Sagan has, I have serious issues with the man. But if I were a writer, I would be very much like him. Fuck it. I'd rather just kill myself and have everybody in the world see I'm killing myself because of this. I'm trying to race as opposed to everybody just sitting there playing stupid politics, like like grabbing each other's ding-dongs and just like, or grabbing each other's hair ponytails in the case of the women I don't, it's ridiculous I, I, have you outside. if you have if you've had like in the princess bride there is this scene this scene when they are doing the battle of wits mm-hmm. and they go back and forth so you think that i know that i know that you know, you know that, that you're like blah blah this, <laughs> this whole thing is like game theory analysis to reach the freaking equilibrium in these things yeah. just to decide what action is going to do and then <laughs> Ten minutes are going to pass, and Van der Breggen is going to get a gap of half an hour Never. when you well figure out the strategy to play. You know, like it's not a battle of wits, damn it. Just if you have Van der Breggen, you're like, if he's a strong writer that is going, guess what? You just better go with it. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Exactly. It just seems like a lot of people that, and then they decide they're like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just race for third. Let's just race for second. That oh, that just drives me nuts. And again, Sagan has been quoted saying something very similar. So I'll paraphrase him saying like, I'd rather not finish the race than finish third. What's the point of finishing third? Oh yeah, you get these crazy points from the UCI at the end of the day, at the end of the year, you end up like the, what is it called? The points world champion. of The UCI rankings. Exactly. Whatever for the teams. Which is the objective of Movistar every freaking year. Valverde. yeah, <laughs> he's won it for the last like ninety-seven years in a row. Valverde. So yeah, who? Just wait, just wait until we get to the presidency of the UCI, and that was that's going to be one of the first changes. We're going to get rid of team radios, yes. and we are going to put a system in which only if you win you get points. Yes. So that's it. Only if you win, you get points. this amount of points. If you finish second or like that, we don't care. You're like the winner is the one that takes the points. That's exactly. it. Deal with it. Let's make so. cycling green again. Valverde. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Lapartien doesn't know what's coming for him, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for the men's race. Oh, do you want to I know? thought, wait, I thought the up. ending of that one at least was more exciting to watch than the one from the women's. Because in the women's, you know, like five kilometers to go, I was like, okay, there's no way. Van der Breggen has this in the back. But hold but on, with no. the, with the oh. men's, there was a chance, I, I thought. But but I wanted I to know. say something else about the women's. I was going to say okay. that Van Bloyten uh, beat that uh, South African girl, the Molman Pasio, by an eyelash. Hey-o! Get it? Yeah, sorry. It's just that Candile has oh, went on Candile again. Has, oh. I have to like, okay, I'm I'm closing it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you the joke again. Van Vleuten beat Molman Pasek in the sprint by an eyelash. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Who needs Klaus and CD? And who? Exactly. Nobody. I got the, I got Nobody. The, I got the bad jokes right here. I got the dad yeah. jokes right here. Um... <laughs> Oh, you know what? Speaking of other stuff, I should have said this at the beginning, but that's okay. I'll say it now. And then next episode, hopefully I'll remember to say it at the beginning. That we have a cheat sheet now in our in our website. If you go to spinmetalcycling.com and then you go up on top, there's a link for a cheat sheet. And in there, there is a description of all the dumb things and inside jokes and all that stuff, all the references that we make. Pretty much all of them in there. I don't know. I been working on this for like months and months but for example the explanation as to why van vloyten beating anybody by an eyelash is funny for example a magical magical a ma- eyelash. A magical eyelash and ufa wufa lufa and better than clouds and all those everything is in there hands the eagle <laughs> all of it all of it is there so, I have a question for Hans Eagle, though, because what? I think it wasn't in Tour de France. I think it was in Tour de Suisse. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's just a, a little typo, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it was completely a, a production they did. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The was. meaning is still the same. It's just that the race, I think it was another one, but that's fine. 
I'll change it by the time this hits the air. It'll be it'll be uh, corrected in the website anyway. Okay, so um, the guys raise now. The guys raise. Uh, you're right. And we talked about everything except who won it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, somebody asked me what it was that the problem was that we had with Nikki Terpstra, and I'm just gonna say he made a joke about Colombians that if he would have made that joke about like about Colombians because of the Manzana Posta one team, right? So if you were to make that a joke about some stereotype for, from Jews because of the Israeli Academy team, then people would be all up in arms. Or if you would have made some black stereotype African joke because of Dimension Data being an African team, then everybody would be up in arms. But because he made a joke about Colombians in the Colombian team, then everybody's like, hey, nah, no, who gives a shit? No big deal. Whatever. And just anyway, to specify what's what Sotochi is because it is as follows. So... And I'll try to be quick. So last year in the Vuelta España, they had to fly from point A to point B in one of the transfers. And at the airport, apparently they were extra security measures taking over. So they had to go through security checkpoint and all these uh, pat downs and whatnot. And uh, I think the reason was because they had the bomb scare with Barcelona and stuff. So they have these heightened security measurements there. But Tepstra and his fine humor decided, oh, we have never had to deal with this in the past because, you know, like of the cycling, we never had to do these extra security steps. I guess it has to be because of Manzana Posto bomb. So he tried to do the joke with the bomb and the last syllable of the team Manzana Posto bomb. Everyone thought that, oh, that's a harmless joke. He's just using the last syllable to... Uh, as a metaphor with the bomb or whatever. The problem is, people, that you don't know the pain in the ass that is to go through a costume with a Colombian passport. We do get special treatment, and is that actually one of the things that I always keep in mind when I'm when I have to travel and I have to show the Colombian passport? Because in the past, I've been uh, the recipient of some special treatment and extra security questions and stuff screening just because the fact that I'm Colombia. So if you make that joke, it's not going to sit well with us. You know, like no, we are not going not. to go past that meaning. So Listen, that's why we I, got so effing offended by it. That's, and, and that's I mean, it. I don't even have a Colombian passport. I fly with a European passport. It doesn't really matter to me. But the problem is that you're playing off of a stereotype that is racist and xenophobic. And it doesn't, really, yeah. it doesn't yeah, yeah. again, if you don't understand why that's offensive, then let's say that his joke would have been something like, uh, um, oh, we probably, my team probably had to pay more for these tickets for the transfer because you know how those Jews are. They probably didn't have to pay as much because they're so cheap. Or better That's yet, racist. oh, thank you. That's or racist. better yet, oh, the, the plane is broken and the guys here don't seem to know how to fix it. Let's get some of the Africans from the African team to fix it because they're really hard workers. Is that funny? Oh, that's hilarious. Get it? Because they're an African team. But it's not racist because they're not black, see? But they're Africans. But it's funny. It's just fucking stupid. It's just playing on dumb stereotypes. Yeah. But nobody cared. Nobody was offended. Yeah. Not, nobody. It's just that it pissed me off because after Outside that, then Columbia. some people were saying, it's like, oh, but they are so touchy. They don't have sense of humor. It's like, it's because it's not fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. When you're, when you're a white like, No, European no, male, no. You, when you're a yeah. white European male, of, of course everybody's touchy because nobody makes fun of you. And if they do, it doesn't really matter because you can squash them. I mean, it's ridiculous. Racism is racism and, and it's xenophobia, xenophobia and playing on stereotypes yeah. like that is not fucking funny. I mean, yeah, it no, I, it's I, funny. I, I, if, you're, if you're doing it amongst friends, it's pretty freaking funny. But it's, it's, it's yeah, just I a don't dumb know. thing to say. I mean, it's, social it's funny until, it's, until it happens to you. It's just like, it is it is insane because when the one time that we travel uh, outside Colombia with my parents as a family, we always got, you know, like detained and they had to, you know, like pat down my dad and then do the security questions. And, you know, like it was always us convincing and playing like please believe us we are not <laughs> carrying cocaine we are not bringing you know like nothing we are here just to and after that i remember my dad said i'm not going to travel anywhere to spend the money and leave you know like my money in places where people just yeah. are like this you know like effort so i have you know like and i uh, that's why it's like i mean i hate airports <laughs> and customs. <laughs> so it's like, hey, here we go. And especially because when I was doing the PhD, man, I always got the special treatment going out of Colombia and getting in here because I'm like the, I was at that point, the perfect description of what could be a mule, you know, like the women, the single women that say, so I was single, 
you know, like it wasn't, I was traveling by myself. So I got all these red flags and they always had to like double check that what my status what was. So it was like, it's effing annoying. So it's one of those things that, oh my gosh, do not make <laughs> uh, but you know that what? type of joke because I really, ah, uh, yes. For me, I, though, and I'm not a violent person, but dude, if I see Epstra, I don't know what I'm going to do to him. Oh, no, no, no. I know exactly like, what yeah. I'm going to do to him. I, I already yeah. said in an episode before, I'm going to go straight up to him and be like, hey, I, I remember when you insulted Colombians because there was none around because it's social media and you felt like a big guy because you're in social media. I'm right here right now. Why don't you, I double dare you to please insult Colombians right now and I'll punch him right in his fucking white face, his light eyes, his beautiful fucking Hitler face. I'll just punch him right in the fucking face. I won't care. It doesn't really matter. What are they going to do? Oh, they arrest me. They charge me with whatever, whatever. I'm fine. It doesn't really matter. But listen, though, we were talking about... Um, airport stories and stuff. I, I travel with a European passport, uh, but in the passport, obviously, it says that I was born in Colombia. So I've never had any problems with it. Um, well, I mean, I had we, my brother and I had some problems in Poland, but that was completely different. But I went to Mexico City, and I landed in Mexico City, and the lady just looks at the passport and is like flipping back and forth, flipping back and forth. She leaves. She comes back with her supervisor. And then the supervisor is like just looking at me and then looks back at the passport and then looks back at me and goes, so, um, yeah, yeah. Goes, so, so what's the deal with this passport? And I was like, uh, there's no deal. It's just my passport. Mm, yeah, it says here that you're a German. Well, yeah, I'm a German European citizen. Yeah, yeah. My family is German, and therefore I'm a German citizen. Yeah, but it says here you're born in Colombia. Well, yeah, there's Germans that are born in Colombia. It's German family. I was born in Colombia. You live in the United States? And I live in the United States. And the guy just looks at me square in the eye and goes, this smells funny. Like that. Like, just straight out. Like, mm, Hello, globalization, yeah. dude. Yeah, I'm like, what? So then he starts asking me, like, seriously, the stupidest questions. How did your parents meet? And I'm like, what I understand, my aunt and my uncle were already dating. My aunt had a sister, who's my mom. My uncle had a brother, who's my dad. They introduced introduced them to him. Hmm. What does your dad do? Well, my dad passed away, but he was an engineer. Where did he live? The United States. Hmm. What about your mom? What does she do? My mom is just a homemaker. Hmm. And kept looking at that. He would not let it go. I'm not exaggerating. 20 minutes of the guy just looking at me and giving me shit for no reason. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm in Mexico. What, if, if I was going to enter, <laughs> like Germany or the United States or a place that people want to visit, I'm like, you guys. Like these immigration officers are funny. It's like, I love it. What though. other country in the world grants you citizenship just because you are born in there? in there? It's just like, <laughs> I think it's only the US, right? Because in the other places, if you want to get citizenship, it has to be because your family is. Yeah, you have to have, you have to have. Like, there's, there's different. Like, Germany's changed the laws a, a few times, but it used to be oh, okay. that uh, it used to be a while ago that if you set foot in German um, land and you asked for citizenship they would give it to you this is years and years and years ago wow yeah, yeah. i mean there's you know and then there's, and there's countries like denmark where there's absolutely no way in hell that you can become a danish citizen or in japan no chance in hell you're going to become a, a citizen even if you marry a citizen you cannot become a citizen so you could have a kid who's a citizen and your husband would be a citizen but you wouldn't be you could never be Interesting. Know. Are you a citizen, Natalia? No, I'm not. But you're married. I'm a legal alien. You're a legal, I'm a legal resident alien. I am. In New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. I'm also married to an American. I could become an American citizen if I wanted to. I just don't want to. I would much rather be a know. European citizen. I like my German passport. It, but you have to like renew your green card every... How is it? Like every 10 years or something? Yes. So it has to be renewed? 10, 12 years, something like that. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Don't let that pass, dude, because no. this administration, this yeah. administration, I know. not messing with that. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. They will kick you out. <laughs> um, hey, do you want me to tell you something funny? Interesting. Of course. Kind of like, dude, like we can talk, then talk about like our picks for like what we did, the picks for Flanders, and then our picks for for Peru Bay. But okay. Oh shit! I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, yeah. You were yeah. going to tell so, me something no, funny. So, so you know, I'm gonna have a little daughter, and uh, and super excited about it and stuff. And so we're thinking about names and stuff. And I actually 
proposed a middle name, uh, not a first name, but a middle name, that without even thinking about what it was, Joe's, my wife Joe's eyes just like opened like, what? The, the middle name that I, that I proposed was S-A-G-A-N. Some would pronounce what? it Sagan. Yeah. Sag- yeah. Sagan as opposed to Sagan. Not Peter Sagan, but Sagan from Carl Sagan, who like was a huge influence on me when I was a little kid. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I was like, I would love to uh, use the, the middle name Sagan. And Joe was like, like Peter Sagan? I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Too close. Yeah. That's. But and that no, did it. But Carl Sagan. Oh. Yeah. Well, the best graffiti. Be like the, yeah. The best graffiti I ever saw, and I may have said this before in the podcast too. Um, in Brooklyn, in like beautiful script, it said Carl Sagan cared about you. It was very because he did. Because he did. Yeah. Yep. Ah. Cosmos. Yes, it changed Cosmos, my life. Cosmos. It changed my life. Okay. Yep. Story okay. story aside. Um for the men's Flanders, Klaus had Stibar and Valverde, who didn't even race. Mm-hmm. So, eh. CD had Christoph and GVA. Eh. Didn't he have Terpstra? No, he didn't have Terpstra. <laughs> okay. I had Van Mark and Gilbert. Eh, eh. You had Van Aert and Stibar. Eh, eh. You went for the cyclocross. Uh, yeah, it was a cyclocross team. Yeah, yeah. But I think out of, uh, out of everybody, then you got the points because Gilbert yeah. actually finished on the podium. So yeah. congratulations. Ah, uh, thanks. And then for the women's, CD had... No, we didn't get, we didn't get shit. Corinne Rivera and Corinne Rivera. <laughs> Natalia, you got... Wait, who did you have here? It says... JCLV oh, and Niwadoma. Niwadoma. Mm-hmm. And then Klaus had... Majerus and Lucinda Brandt. And Lucinda Brandt. And I had the Jorge and, and Rivera. Mm-hmm. And Rivera. So, yeah, well, we were way off. All right. Well, did uh, CD send you his Paris-Roubaix picks? No, he did not. When we were thinking that the meeting today was canceled, yeah. I was proposing that. And maybe we can do it like that since CD is not here. That each of us recorded, recorded the picks and then send the file to you. And then next episode, we can just play it. Oh, that would be and good. See then, what, yeah. what people picked without, you know, like knowing and just you know what? like out of the blue. Well, I don't even know that we have to record them. I think that if you just send them to me um, and then we can maybe get Mike and the Klaus and other people to send theirs too. Maybe you should do that. Okay. Better. Sure, sure. That. Oh, but you know what? The thing though is that it's, it's, I mean, I don't know if the listeners give a rat's ass one way or another, but I think it'd be kind of fun if they also knew who we picked. So let's do this. If you guys care, what, what what we'll do is we'll try to round I'll, – I'll try to get all of them, and then we'll Instagram them. We'll put them on our Instagram account, our picks for the for Pirate Ruby. Okay. Yeah, I'll make like a little graphic or something with a little photo of Natalia, a little photo of Klaus, a little photo of me, a little photo of CD, a little photo of Mike, a little photo of my sister, a little photo of my nephew, a little photo of the guy that lives down the street, a little, a little photo of the Dutch family that lives down the street that uses – a I want to eat Pocahontas <laughs> Poc- or Chewbacca. Yeah. No, I want to eat Chewbacca. I want to eat Chewbacca. I'm going to pick the picture of Chewbacca that I want you to use. <laughs> no, it'll be too small in the in the Instagram thing, so I'm not gonna use photos. But anyway, okay. Okay. Well, that's it. So we're gonna reveal our picks for the Pirate Roubaix on uh, on Instagram at some point this week. So make sure you check that out at speed before we leave before we leave and it's just because i want to squeeze it in i don't know if you have been watching the tour of the basque country i have not but it is hilarious what is going to happen at the tour de france if landa and nairo are going to be there you mean when oh my gosh those two cannot work together yesterday there was a this climb and they were like two groups chasing a breakaway and then at some point Landa was in the front group and Nairo and Nairo was in the chasing group behind. I kid you not, Nairo was helping to chase the group of Landa. People were saying, dude, you're not supposed to pull together, you know? <laughs> Either 
One of you has to be sitting down. Like this doesn't make any sense. Listen, Tour it, de France is going to be awesome. How Movistar is going to implode. Nairo Quintana obviously has a lot of talent. Obviously, he's yeah. incredibly talented bike rider, but he is an asshole. He is a <laughs> grumpy, grumpy, grumpy asshole. He's yeah. not a friendly guy. No, he's not. That whole thing. Man, I, I don't, don't know, know what Landa is going to do. There's like all the rumors about how he never thanks the team, whatever, for helping him win because he says that their job and all this stuff. I don't I don't know if any of this stuff is true. I, it's the only true, person. Right? The only person that I know that knows Nairo Quintana won't tell me any stories like that. Won't won't disclose much. So, but yeah, yeah. He just he just looks from what I know, from what mean. I have seen and heard. He's yeah, he looks mean. Yeah, just like a I mean, kind of like a jerk. Yeah, I think that's I think that that's the reason why Valverde helps. You know, like <laughs> I'm guessing that they need Valverde just to help ease. The, the Nairo vibe <laughs> that is too strong sometimes. But yeah, yeah, no, when he was chasing, like, how come that Nairo, what the hell are you doing? You know, <laughs> you're supposed to help because you have a teammate up front. Like, Jesus. But I anyway. see those smaller races, I'd rather wait until they're all done and then I just watch the whole thing from beginning to okay. every stage. That way I can just, like, you know, because what I do is I start the stage, oh, 84K to go. I fast forward to 70 to go. All right, 60 to go. And I just go like that, boom. So it takes me maybe 25 minutes, half an hour to yeah. watch a stage. I watch the whole thing in one night and I'm done. Oh, it's, it's good. It's good. So yeah, you should, you should watch that. Yeah. And people, if you not watch the Sheldpreys or oh, however it is pronounced, yeah. you should watch it because that like everything. Oh shit, we forgot to talk about Clarashes, disqualifications, that disqualification everything. was actually bullshit. I don't know if you saw like Inner Ring, um, I put it on their, on their site. So what happened, there was two groups, two echelons, and there was a train crossing. The first group made it through and the second one wasn't going to. They made it through anyway. They get disqualified. The people in the back especially Gronewegen was like the guys in the front crossed it when the lights were already on. If they were, if they weren't disqualified, neither should we. Absolutely. He's absolutely right. The lights are flashing when the first group goes by. You can definitely tell. So there you go. Do so I got rid of 30, 30 riders, right? Yeah. And, so, and like, okay. you know, a couple of good like guys. The big names, Demare, Gronewegen. Yeah. I, I love that though, because after they kind of, round them up to tell them that they were off the race. The Mare and Tony Martin tried to sneak away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the commissar got up, <laughs> out of the car and started flapping the arms and, you know, like running and yelling. It reminds me in Bogota whenever a, a woman got the purse robbed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like immediately, ah, get him, get him. He got my purse. He got my purse. That's the image that I had in my, in my head. Oh man, I, I I mean I fast forward to to the highlights of that race, yeah. so I only saw the flashing breads and then the thirty guys being disqualified, including Gronowegen, Demare, Tony Martin, and that. But I didn't I didn't see that people actually like got away with it and they didn't have a penalty. So that's 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 always our issue, no? Like if you're going to enforce the freaking rule, you have to enforce it for everybody. You know, like, well, yeah, not, yeah, I, I, this I, is. Uh, but um, anyway. our, our friend, friend of the podcast, Alvaro Hodeg, he also got caught up in the, in the whole thing and disqualified. He was in that no, group. No, he wasn't. He was in that group. I don't know if he was disqualified, but he definitely wasn't. No, he wasn't because he was. What happened then is that I think he got a puncture or something and he, has to, and he had to change the, the bike and he couldn't connect uh, to the front group anymore because, yeah, he got kind of far back. Well, but he, he was there. He wasn't disqualified. He was just, I don't know if he didn't finish. No, he should have finished. He was close to the end. But anyway, so no, it was yeah, just yes, a, a bike change. He finished uh, 40, 46th, 46th. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he was. But, you know, the, the thing is that, so Fabio Jakobsen won, the Dutch guy for uh, Quick Step. So, I mean, also for him, he gets to win this race, but he beat Pascal Ackerman from Bora's, from uh, Bora Hanskoy and Christopher Lawless from team sky mm-hmm. so and how is that how is that good you you beat a bunch of nobodies i mean it it's gonna still be in your palmares and that's good but you know yeah. it, it doesn't it's not like you beat a like, win is a win again or absolutely there is no doubt there i i'm a i'm an american football fan and i always say that was ugly but it was a win a win is a win i'll take it 
It doesn't matter. Any, any, <laughs> any given Sunday, they say. So, all right. Yeah, yeah there you go. So now, I'm, I'm glad we talked about that. Anything else, Natalia? No, I think that's it. So enjoy the race on Sunday. Okay. Yes. Make sure. And I'll send you my picks. Okay. We yeah. have to and tell just, CD and Klaus and Mike to send theirs. Yeah. Too. Hopefully they, hopefully they will. All right, dudes. I mean, dude, do that. Um, we will be talking next week. Yeah. Enjoy Paru Bay, everybody. Rock and roll. We're out of here. Peace. Kure, 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 kure,